Hello. <clears throat> Hello, it is OT Thursday, Old Testament Thursday. We are so glad that you are here with us and we are ready to rock. Hope you have your Bible reading plan as our reading plan gets us through Exodus 31 all the way to Exodus 38. Excuse me, there are some interesting things going on there. Got to add to the Jeff's stack of stuff, and uh, some folks have ordered some cups. Someone sent me another t shirt, and life is good. So, uh, <clears throat> thank you very much for uh, whoever sent me the second t shirt. I wasn't looking for another t shirt, I didn't. Uh, my wife told me I shouldn't have said I wouldn't wear a t-shirt with my picture on the back, but I'm sorry, I just won't. <laughs> so, <laughs> my apologies if that was rude. Um, my wife's good at helping me out with that. <laughs> so, but, uh, if you sent another t-shirt because I said that, I'm sorry, that wasn't my intent. But thank you for the t-shirt, black, and, uh, wake up to the word, and I've already worn it out, and currently, it's in the laundry, <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't get a chance to show it to you. What same uh, basic mock-up? It's got the the uh, graphic on the on the front, like the cup, like this mug, and uh, and uh, it's a black T-shirt, and uh, it's already worn out once. So there you go. So thank you very much, whoever the mystery mystery uh, whoever the mystery gift giver is. I thank you. Appreciate it very, very much. So, let's, uh, we're going to get into the word, and uh, here we go. Let's get ready to rumble! All right, <clears throat> Exodus uh, 31. Uh, interesting, this is one of the very few if not the only place in the Old Testament that says, <coughs> excuse me, that the Holy Spirit uh, filled somebody. And I'm just going to read it to you. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, sprained my tongue on that one, the son of Uriah, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for settings and in carving wood to work in every craft. So he's... <clears throat> this is the... Uh, uh, kind of the overseer uh, of all these projects that we're going to talk about in a little bit um, to make all of these things. Very interesting because nowhere else that I'm aware of, and if you find one, let me know. Open, uh, don't know every single word in the Old Testament. Um, but this is the only place that I, I've, I've noticed in the Old Testament that says that he was filled with the spirit and this is a craftsman who has oversight of making the temple and the the uh 
the golden, uh, not the golden cap, the golden lampstands and the menorah and the table and the Ark of the Covenant and 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 uh, tabernacle and all that goes into it. <clears throat> he seems to have the oversight, and so he's filled with the Holy Spirit with abilities and vision, intelligence and design to create all these things. So remember when I talked about you have to have seen a cherubim to make a cherubim, which I still believe is entirely possible. This filling of the spirit also helps him in his design. So and we're going to talk more about that later. My coffee for the week is Donut Shop Dark. And uh, it's pretty good. Not bad. Donut Shop Coffee Brand Dark Blend. So... Is pretty good. We'll be drinking that for uh, this episode and tomorrow's episode. So, um, I can take these off for now. They're not my readers. They're my blue blockers. So, you guys aren't feeling blue, so that, that'd be all right. So, uh... <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, the Sabbath is, uh, we, after, after, uh, um, Oheliab and, and, uh, Bezalel get, uh, assigned um, they talk, he starts talking about, uh, the Sabbath and keeping the Sabbath <clears throat> and getting refreshed on the Sabbath. I really like that, that term in 3117 says, uh, the Sabbath is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth. And on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. <coughs> and if we I'm sorry, I have this cough, and uh, it's it's probably going to continue. Let's see if I can uh, hit the record button. I don't have a cough button, so maybe I can uh, maybe I can uh, work the the buttons quickly. So, <clears throat> all right. But this refreshing, and Jesus kind of alluded to this aspect of the Sabbath when he was asked about the Sabbath when he was here uh, doing his ministry, a uh, man on earth. Uh, God man and he was asked about the Sabbath because he was uh, healing on the Sabbath and 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 traveling on the Sabbath and so uh he um said the Sabbath was created for man not man for the Sabbath and what that means is we're not supposed to chase it around it's it's for us and this this refreshing term is uh lends itself to that thinking as well. And this is well in the Old Testament. This is right as the Ten Commandments are written. <clears throat> and uh because this is them being written out or being uh described. And so because right after that said he gave to Moses uh when he had finished speaking with him on the mounts on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. So <clears throat> he's writing them out while he's saying them. This is God talking. So obviously God and Christ are in sync when it comes to the Sabbath day. And uh, so then it talks about the golden calf and that they're making gods and the word Elohim again. <clears throat> Not that necessarily there was a an Elohim involved here, or a literal Elohim, as opposed to just an idyllic, an idol Elohim, they're making of themselves an idol. Although, 
uh, Aaron says something weird uh, coming up here, so I'll get my glasses on so I can scan through this quickly. Um, it, it says in verse 4 of chap chapter 32 now, <clears throat> they ask him, they ask Aaron to, to rise up, make, make, us, make us gods, uh, make us gods who shall go before us. So he wants them to create them, and he says, uh, and he received the, the gold from their hands and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf, and they said, these are your gods. So <clears throat> it's interesting that they use a plural. He made one golden calf, and he said, these are your gods. So that is interesting to me that there's there's something more going on here than just the golden calf itself and the idolatry of that. Um, but Moses comes down, as we know, he, uh, uh, God wants to like wipe everybody out. Moses has a conversation with him. He holds off <clears throat> and, uh, he comes down, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm here at verse, uh, eight of 32 it says they have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them, they have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, these are your gods, plural, um, or this is your God. I guess it's, it can be translated that way, either way. <clears throat> oh, Israel, that clears things up a little bit. So, and then after God and Moses have their conversation as God wants to kind of take care of him in 15 moses turns and went down the mountain with the two tablets of testimony in his hand and uh hand tablets that were written on both sides on the front and on the back they were written so this is one thing we don't think about the tablets uh that he brought down they've been written on the front and on the back so I, i'm wondering if they're not as big as we think they are that they're pretty small and they're written front and back <clears throat> so um I know I made a bunch of, um, yeah, so, so Moses says to Aaron, what did these, he comes down and he, he throws them down and they, 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 they get angry. Um, and Moses said to Aaron, what did this people do that you have, uh, brought such a great sin upon them? This is, that's 21 and 22 of, this is still chapter 32. Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You, you know, the people that, that are set on evil for they said to me make us gods who shall go before us <clears throat> as for this moses the man who brought us up out of the land of egypt we do not know what was become of him what has become of him so i said uh let any who have gold take it off so they gave it to me and i threw it into the fire and it came and out came this calf so <laughs> he lied he lied he lied <clears throat> And uh, Moses didn't buy it anyways. Um, so this is... Uh, <clears throat> so um, there's obviously a vengeance here. There's something going on that God tells them to, to go and take care of those who sinned against, who rose up. And, and they kill off 3,000 men in that day <clears throat> of their own. Uh, that's a hard one to... That's hard one to fathom there in 32. Um, but God says that, uh, that um, I'm trying to see where that verse is, that he's a, 
it's a little bit further up. Yeah, I'm going to read It's in 34, so I'll read it when I get there. <coughs> Sorry. So, uh, but the Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. But now go ahead, lead the people to the place where I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Uh, nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit there upon them. Then the Lord said, sent a plague on the people because they made the calf, the one that Aaron made. So there was a plague that was sent <clears throat> and uh, it came upon the people and uh, doesn't really report what happened at that. But now Moses goes up and uh, he, he gets a command to leave uh, again, but he's he has to uh, rewrite the uh, or have the a new um, set of tablets made because he, he destroyed the others. Um, so now we get into 33 is and there's a command to leave Sinai, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. And, uh, and he told the people to strip off your ornaments. He goes, be in mourning cause you've sinned. <clears throat> um, Yeah, right, right there in 34 at uh, verse 10, I mean 11. Well, I'll, go, I'll start at 10. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud stand at the entrance of the tent, that's uh, where Moses went to talk with the Lord, all the people would rise up and worship, each at his own tent. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned away into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So uh, that's one of those jokes. Uh, who, who in the who in the the Bible didn't have any parents besides Adam and Eve? And uh, it's uh, it's uh, Joshua because he's the son of none. <laughs> where's my uh, where's my new one? Yeah, I thought you'd like that one. Um, <clears throat> Moses' intercession. Uh, and this is where, uh, God talks about his character and, uh, this is down in, we're still in 33 and, uh, I'll start at 19. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim before you my name, the Lord, Yehovah, or Yahweh. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for a man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place where I shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes, but I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I pass. <clears throat> this is when Moses then had the glory on him. And every time... Um, so then he tells Moses to cut new tablets. I'm going to, we're going to, uh, put the, 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 the words on there again, the, the commandments on there again. <clears throat> and then this is, uh, in chapter 34, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God of merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abound in bounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, 
keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquities and transgressions in sin. But who will by no means clear the guilty? Who will by no means clear the guilty? Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generations. So this is the part of the character of God that most people <clears throat> neglect. They don't understand it. Or they don't they don't see God as having it. And and there's a problem there because they say, God is love. And God is love. And he does say he's love and he's a mercy. And God my God has mercy. My God has love. And God does have love and God does have mercy. But he also says that he will by no means clear the guilty. And and this is the hardest part for people to understand. True love and true mercy does not withhold punishment from the guilty. Because those who are bent on being guilty, those who are bent on uh, evil and disobedience and darkness... Those who have bent on that, <clears throat> if they are not dealt with, it will impact those who are obedient, who do love the Lord, who do act in righteousness, who do also have mercy and love. It, what, this one will overshadow, the evil will overshadow the goodness. And so true love, true mercy, true justice will always punish the guilty that is a, a biblical god-spoken truth and he's given that in some instances for man to do within himself and in other instances that god will take care of that <clears throat> and eventually god will take care of all of it so there's an interesting ending well not ending but on the end of my page here the end of the verse nine and he said, if now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, <clears throat> this is Moses, please let the Lord go in the midst of us, for it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for your inheritance, inheritance. And we're going to be referencing that uh, when we get to Deuteronomy again, that inheritance word, take us, it's talking about a people, take us. Take these people as your inheritance. That's important. It's not the first time, it's not the last time you'll see this terminology. And it is very important in understanding <clears throat> the economy of God throughout the Old and New Testament. He's taking an inheritance of people for himself. All right. Uh, covenant renewed. Uh, this is uh, still 34, starting at verse 10. My throat's a little wonky today. Got sinuses dripping, so I'm trying to get through this. I'm sorry if I'm a little uh, scattered. I'm, uh, I'm working through it. <clears throat> so it talks about entering into the land, observing what I've commanded you this day, He's going to drive out the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. He says, take care lest 
You make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land to which you go, lest it become a snare in your midst. You shall tear down their altars, break their pillars, and cut down their asherim. Asherim. Some people call that the 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 the, the, the asher pole. <clears throat> now, some people liken this to. Uh, they say, oh, you got your Asher pole up during Christmas time. You put your, your tree up. It's, it's not really a, a, the same thing. And uh, uh, <clears throat> there was a concept of a pagan ritual bringing trees or boughs of trees into into the home. Christmas is not the same thing. It's not it's not doing the same thing for the same reason. So they're not really synonymous. And this Asher pole is more like a totem. Uh, than a tree it's 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 the faces of gods on them and we know that that continued within other cultures uh but again for different reasons or potentially the same reasons but that's not it's not equated the same <clears throat> so it says you shall not worship other gods these elohims are are el everywhere in here uh god's a jealous god uh Inhabit the land when they will they whore after their gods, Elohim, sacrifice to their gods, Elohim, and their daughters and their sons whore after their gods, Elohim, and make your sons and daughters whore after their gods, Elohim. So this is these are <clears throat> uh, spiritual prostitution, physical prostitution. This is very uh very much these rebelling Elohim are very much pressing on people for sexual sin. And so uh, this is that sin that is against your body, the very creation. You're creating the image of God. So this is a very much a sin against yourself, a sin against what God has created in his image. <clears throat> then it tells them to keep the feast. And we've talked about the feast before, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, seven days for that. Talks about in the month of Abib, which is also Nisan. Um, it's that's a synonymous month. And then uh, six days, you, you um, feast of weeks, and the first fruits of the harvest, and the feast of ingathering. These three feasts that he tells them to keep. <clears throat> then the Lord spoke to Moses, write these words. And this is this is a confusing verse, and that's why I'm going to talk about it. This is 27 of verse of chapter 34, verse 27, starting there. <clears throat> and the Lord said to Moses, write these words, for in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. So he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. And he wrote on the tablets, the words of the covenant, the 10 commandments. So this seems to say that Moses wrote them down when previously it's God said he would write them down. <clears throat> now, there's other portions of scripture that say God wrote them with his own finger. And the Hebrew here doesn't really denote which he it's referring to. It's pronouny. It's, <laughs> it's pronoun. So <clears throat> it's um it's unclear who the he is who wrote it, who wrote the words down. But because other texts seem to point to God have not seem to, definitively point to God writing it down, we have to assume that this is also, this he is also referring to God. So the next portion, the last portion of 34, she talks about the shining face of Moses. Now that he's been with God, now he always has this shiny face that when people see 
him he has to wear a veil <clears throat> so con con contributions to the tabernacle uh, uh the construction of the tabernacle and the making of the ark and this is where i have some Jeff's stack of stuff for you we're in uh chapter 37 the 37 i don't know if that worked on my call but um Again, these foremen are, are instructed, given the instructions for the Ark. And now there's some details here that I'm going to write, that I'm going to read for you. Um, talks about the poles in verse 5, into the rings and the sides of the Ark to carry the Ark. Then 6, we get into the description. And he made a mercy seat, and that's important. This is a seat made a mercy seat of pure gold, two cubits and a half. It was length and a cubit and a half in width, breadth. That's just the, the uh, dimensions. And he made two cherubim of gold. And we've talked about the cherubim thing already. He made them of hammered work on two ends of the mercy seat. So on both sides of the mercy seat, it says the ends, because it, it, it carries that way. Um, there's There's... The two ends of the mercy seat have a cherubim. One cherubim on one end and one cherubim on the other. So it's very specific. There's a cherubim on each end of the seat. Uh, of one piece with the mercy seat, he made the cherubim on its two ends. The cherubim spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings. With their faces one to another toward the mercy seat were the faces of the cherubim. Okay, we've seen the picture, like on Raiders of the Lost Ark, we've seen the picture of the cherubim facing each other with their wings both pointing this way. Here's, here's, the, here's the question I have for you. <clears throat> is it possible that when the word wings is pluralized, it's not talking about four wings, but only two. And uh, the, the, the and why I say that is, <clears throat> if you've ever heard of someone called Ron Wyatt, and I'm not uh, espousing that everything he says is, is absolute truth, um, because uh, he did choose to not bring forward what he said he saw. But in Jeff's stack of stuff, you'll see a picture of that Ron Wyatt either described or drew out himself of seeing the Ark of the Covenant. And that's a whole, I gave you a link to his, uh, his website, his uh, Wyatt Archaeology. And his wife writes about his journey when he was alive with his sons and that they saw the Ark of the Covenant. Lots of detail in there, lots of Bible, lots of scripture. So uh, go to that website. You can just click on the picture of the Ark and it'll take you to that link in Jeff's stack of stuff. So go to that. Very interesting stuff. Um, and the mercy seat was designed as a seat. And that's what has always intrigued me. <clears throat> it's called a mercy seat. And until you see Ron Wyatt's depiction of what he saw, what he claims he saw, you'll never see it as a seat because you'll always think of it as the Ark, uh, like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, with those two angels with their with their, with their, their wings spread, touching each other over the top 
of the mercy seat. And the words overshadowing makes you think that that's what it's talking about. And the fact that it's wings, you think plural for both angels. But the issue is, it's a seat. And you can't possibly sit on the top of that. The cover of the ark is a seat. It's this. It's the mercy seat. And so Ron Wyatt saw the angel with one with a one wing down and the other wing across and then the angel on the other side was doing it opposite okay so we have the angel with its wing across and there's we're we're crossing each other and they're facing each other and their heads are down and their wings are overshadowing the mercy seat they're actually the back of the mercy seat and it looks like a throne it looks like a seat a chair and so <clears throat> this is where god said he would sit and talk with the high priest and so that is the coolest thing um so the cherubim spread out their wings overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings and their face one to another toward the mercy seat were faces of the cherubim. So if you've never been to my website, uh, to the Wake Up to the Word website, you can go there and scroll down. You'll see Jeff's stack of stuff. Click on that, and it'll take you to my page with my stack of stuff. You'll see icons there, and you will see what I'm describing to you, the mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant, as Ron Wyatt saw it. Click on that picture... And it will take you to Wyatt Archaeology in a whole article about when he claims he found the Ark of the Covenant. <clears throat> Did not remove it because you don't touch it. You're not supposed to. Um, so there's lots of information there about it. Lots of scripture. Lots of lots of stuff that his wife has written since he's passed away. She's collected all of his information, all of his documents, uh, all of his videos, all his films, all of his... And it's all put there on Wyatt Archaeology. And, and there's lots of stuff there. There's the uh, Noah's Ark. There's um, lots of different uh, things on there. Uh, proof of the crossing of the Red Sea. All kinds of stuff. So uh, it's very interesting. Great website. Uh, if you're intrigued by that stuff, and most of us are, if you're listening to this website. So go to that and check that out. And I just want to say, wow, that was perfect. 30 minutes. Here we go. So that is, uh, the next part is 38, making the altar, burnt offering, making the court, the material. It's all about making all the stuff. And so uh, <clears throat> we'll uh, get a running start on that uh, next week. But thanks for joining us at uh, Wake Up to the Word. And uh, we hope that you come back again tomorrow for New Testament Friday. So glad that you've joined us. See you tomorrow.